Support for the Fact Checker podcast is provided by New Pioneer Food Co-op. Celebrating 50 years as Eastern Iowa's source for locally and responsibly sourced groceries with stores in Iowa City, Coralville, and Cedar Rapids, and online through Co-op Cart at newpi.coop. everyone and welcome to the Fact Checker podcast. My name is Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. I'm Elijah Decius, the Gazette's feature reporter. I'm Marissa Payne, the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. And I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. Well, hopefully everyone made it through April Fool's Day unfooled, unscathed. And the reason why I bring it up today is because we will be discussing an April Fool's themed commercial that began airing in Iowa at the start of this month. Um, and this one is from an environmental group called uh, the Iowa Environmental Council. And then this 30-second ad that started airing across your airwaves um, takes a stab at uh, MidAmerican Energy, which is a uh, energy provider based in Des Moines. Um, but specifically, the environmental group is taking um, an aim at this company because of uh, its coal plants that it operates in Iowa. And as we know, coal plants are one of the biggest contributors, if not the single largest contributor to climate change. Um, So this ad comes as the environmental group is um, taking a broader campaign against this company for a lot of reasons. I read a lot of editorials. Um, This group has filed a lawsuit around the operation of these coal plants. So there's a lot of backstory to it, but For the sake of our fact check today, we will just stick to the 30-second ad and the three claims that were specifically made in it. Um, The first one uh, states, while touting 100% renewable energy vision, they're secretly operating one of the largest coal fleets in the country. So for background, um, I'm sure many of us have seen the ads, have seen the campaigns, have seen the posters that MidAmerican Energy has put out, essentially touting that one day it aims to operate 100% renewable as an energy provider. So that means customers will get their energy from wind, from solar, from any of those kind of renewable resources versus a coal operated plant. Now, but they haven't gotten to that goal yet. In the meantime, they are operating five coal plants within Iowa. Um, and in in reference to this fact check, the uh, as all, as per our usual, Fact Checker reached out to the Iron, Iowa Environmental Council for their sourcing on this ad, and they pointed to um, federal administration that sort of tracks um, power generated by specific entities, utility power plants, um, and it, they found that these five coal power power plants generated, going to get technical, I apologize, 3,740 megawatts of coal generated power. So with that, MidAmerican is the 16th largest operator of a total of 188 utilities in the United States. Um, So it is in the top 20 of more than 200 coal plants. Um, And, you know, the the term they're secretly operating their coal plants may be a bit subjective. We know that they exist and they've made it known that they exist. And MidAmerican, to their credit, has also made it known that they plan to retire these plants. By uh, 2049, I believe, is sort of the the end date that they've given to some of these, um, the reporters that I've talked to and things like that. So before we really kind of move on to the other statements, I thought that this would be a good moment to sort of pause with the group and, you know, what do we think on this particular statement? So for this one, I gave this claim a B, 
just because, you know, of the caveat of it's not really secret that MidAmerican operates these plants, they've made it known, but also um, to give them credit that they have also announced plans that they do plan to retire these power plants at some point in time. But what do you guys think? What would you say was the factor that dinged it down to a B as opposed to giving it an A or maybe a C? Yeah, that is a good question. So I ultimately dinged it to a B. I think part of it sort of led to that, you know, secretly operating term. I I don't think that's really fair to describe it like that. I don't think MidAmerica has tried to put a blanket over these plants and hide the fact that they exist. But um, I also wondered if one of the largest coal fleets in the country, I don't know, I wanted to get a sense of what you guys think. I mean, it's 16th. It's obviously a huge operation nationwide, but you know, does it deserve sort of that descriptor? What do you guys think? So it's 16th in the country among states. Like, is that so that's kind of the ranking of this operation size? Yeah. So with throughout the United States, throughout the 188 utilities, yeah. it is the 16th largest. I don't think that qualifies as one of the largest in my mind. No. Okay. I mean, one of the largest definitely implies to me single digits, not 16. And like the whole secretly thing, um, MidAmerican's definitely not advertising that this, like you said. Right. But they're not keeping it secret. It's part of public reports. Um, I'm okay with a B on this one. Okay. What do you think, Marissa? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess what is the ratio of like coal powered to, you know, other renewable sources of energy? That is a really good question. Um, I kind of get into that a little bit later into the check. It is not the largest megawatt hours that they generate. If you take a look at some of their reports, and I'll, I apologize, I'll be referencing this again later, but if you look at their reports to federal regulating bodies, wind is by far the largest production, but coal ener- generation is second, and that's followed by nuclear, methane gas, and other resources is the other distribution. Online, they say that in 2020, they delivered 83.6% of our Iowa customers' annual energy needs with renewable sources, mostly wind. I think there's a difference for some of these power companies in what they provide to their in-state customers versus what they might sell onto the power grid for use elsewhere. So maybe that would maybe they would have a smaller percentage of renewables if you looked at their entire portfolio versus just what they're selling to customers in Iowa. Yeah, and that's exactly right. I kind of get into that too as well later on. In the third claim, they kind of talk about how much money um, this, these companies are making off of coal power plants. And it does seem like they are selling quite a bit of coal to the power grid, to other utilities. And I'm trying to see, and it looks like they made $124 million in profit based on that. So I think it's something like 30% of its total coal generated energy that year was was sold to the power grid. Honestly, I would even be okay giving this one a C. Like I'm okay with a B, but yeah, I'll just I'll just end at that. I'm okay with a B. But if you wanted to go lower, I would permit that. Not that you need my permission, but <laughs> well I, I do. I mean does does the rest of the group feel that this is a C worthy rating? I mean, to me, it's kind of, I'm splitting the statement in the middle after the comma. The first half, the touting 100% renewable energy vision, yeah, they're doing that. Then the latter half, we all kind of agreed that this is not 
either one of the largest coal fleets in the country or being secretly operated. That's true. So to me, it's kind of a half and half situation. Yeah, I would agree more with a C for that reasoning because it isn't really a secret and those 16th out of 188 isn't like super low down. It's also not like the highest that it could be either. And plus with the fact that wind energy is up there above coal for Mid-American, I think that kind of puts like some points in Mid-American's favor. I still think this is more true than it is half true. I mean, I think secretly is a subjective phrase, obviously, you know, but I think like just looking at some of their their materials online, Mid-American Energy is on a quest to provide 100% renewable energy. We delivered 83%. You know, I mean, they don't talk about this very much, you know, so secret is obviously um, overstating it, but it's not like a well-publicized part of their operations. True. So we're at a stalemate. What are we going to do? <laughs> maybe we should come back to it. Okay. We'll circle back and maybe maybe kind of the rest of this context will help inform us too. So next, the ad states, this coal generation, referencing the five coal plants Mid-American operates, this coal generation is all excess and is not needed to serve Iowa customers. This one was a little bit trickier because I, I realized after the fact, after I was digging into it, this is a lot more subjective than it is really... Um, you know, clear statements, but there is kind of data to show what their argument was. So the Iowa Environmental Council, they pointed to federal regulatory filings that, you know, these companies have to file with federal government every year. And it showed that mid-American customers in 2020 uh, were provided 26.5 million megawatt hours. And so Basically, this group took a look at that need and they did the math based on how much energy um, this company generates with wind, with solar, with nuclear, with all these sources. And they essentially found that, um, you know, if they used all this energy generated and excluded coal, they could still meet the customer need in Iowa. So I think it's something like um, coal generates in 2020 7.2 million megawatt hours of energy. And essentially, they argue that it was unneeded, that, you know, it wasn't needed for customers. And back to, you know, Marissa's earlier point, um, the uh, group also pointed out that, you know, a lot of this power was also sold to the grid, so it wasn't ultimately benefiting customers. So there's that argument behind that. Um, and they essentially kind of argue that they don't provide this asterisk. But, you know, to be also fair to MidAmerican, um, they seem to agree that, you know, coal doesn't need, isn't necessarily needed to meet the need of customers, of ratepayers, right? And so they've stated that, you know, again, claim to go 100% uh, renewable by a certain point of time. But in the meantime, they have said publicly that they will continue to use its natural gas, nuclear, and coal fuel plants to ensure a reliable electric service in times of low wind, in times of low solar resource, things like that. So basically, I don't think Mid-American is arguing against the fact that we don't need these coal fuel plants, but I think they're trying to build up the infrastructure to make sure that customers get what they need in, in terms of energy, right? So for this, um, I didn't think what they were arguing really supported the that this coal generation is excess and not needed. Um, so I gave this a D, but curious what you think as a group. I think this is really interesting because in a very narrow sense, you know, we're looking at that 
what they're saying themselves is that they're able to supply right now 83% of Iowans' energy needs with renewable sources. Um, and then according to the analysis from this group, they think it would all it could all be covered by that. But the phrase that this coal generation is all excess and is not needed to serve Iowa customers. If they said something like serve Iowa customers current energy needs or something, I think I'd be a little more supportive of this. But, you know, investing in renewable energy, especially like these large scale solar projects and wind turbines is pretty expensive. And in order to bring more renewables online, uh, you have to make that investment. So, I mean, it could be that the power they're selling from the coal plants now is helping them further build this infrastructure that will support the 100% renewable. So, yeah, absolutely. And to your point, too, I think um, they announced uh, earlier this year, the company, that they plan to invest like $3.9 billion in further developing wind and solar energy production, too. And I think the plan is to finish that up by late 2024 if things are approved and things are on scale. So, yeah, like you said, they've kind of made the decision that they need to bulk up kind of this power grid of wind and solar if they're going to meet future needs or or ongoing needs. Or plus, like if there were some sort of emergency or disaster that makes one energy source particularly vulnerable, then, you know, that goes to kind of the need to like diversify your energy sources. So, you know, I'm not sure like if something were to happen to one source, would MidAmerican then still be able to meet all of its customers' energy needs if coal were also eliminated? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe this isn't germane to it, but I'm just wondering, it's, it says they'll continue to use these sources um, to ensure reliable service, even in times of low wind. And I'm wondering where in Iowa they are that has low wind at any time. <laughs> but um, it, I think well, sometimes you see the turbines and they're not turning. Like you'll see the number of them and they're kind of just still. Yeah. Um, I think some of this relies on just how you define excess too. I mean, because power can be stored from renewable sources and it's, you know, that's not necessarily excess, you know? So I, but I would, I would, I would support a D on this. Okay, cool. So it sounds like we're all in favor of that one. So I will move on to our third and final statement that was made in the ad. Um, Iowans are forced to pay 1.2 billion to keep Mid-American's coal plants running so Warren Buffett can make more money. So this is reference to the fact that Mid-American Energy is part of Berkshire Hathaway, which is the multi-billion dollar conglomerate owned by Warren Buffett. Um, and essentially to come up with this $1.2 billion number, the Iowa Environmental Council pointed to a December 2021 analysis by Synops Energy, Synapse Energy, excuse me, um, which is uh, a think tank, which I should note was commissioned by the Iowa Environmental Group to come up with this report. So it all kind of is a circle. So just kind of know that caveat going into this, but essentially this analysis using federal data was able to, well, they, they were able to kind of calculate the cost of what it would be for retiring these existing coal plants in Iowa over the next 10 years and replacing them with energy sources. Um, and that's where they came up with that $1.2 billion number because they say by cutting these costs of what it takes to take care of these aging coal plants, to maintain these facilities, to run these kind of systems that rely on coal fuel power, 
it, it is more expensive than relying on renewable energy sources. And so therefore, if you look at it over a 10 year period, we come out to that $1.2 billion estimate that ratepayers would pay to essentially kind of help maintain these systems and pay for their energy and things like that. And kind of looking into this a little bit more, like just essentially the cost of energy production, there are a lot of reports that show that wind and solar energy is competitive cost-wise with nuclear and coal. There's an annual report that comes out, um, and back in 2018, it found that renewables, uh, renewable energy sources, fell below the cost of coal in 2018, and has essentially continued to stay below that cost of coal. So there is an argument that, yes, it, it is cheaper to kind of run these renewable sources. And, you know, the group also pointed out that essentially MidAmerican is maintaining these coal plants because, you know, a lot of that power is sold to the power grid. They're making kind of that profit off of it. But again, it could kind of go back to Aaron's point where there is a big investment to kind of build up that infrastructure for wind and solar energy. So where does that profit come from? We can get that profit by selling power to the power grid to other utilities. Um, but, you know, to be fair, the Iowa Environmental Council does have the data to back up that particular figure. They at least kind of have the science behind it. So, I mean, I gave this statement an A, but was kind of unsure about this one. So really kind of love the group's feedback on this. Do we think this deserves the A? Does this need to be docked at all? I have an issue with the phrase forced to pay. That's the only thing I'm struggling with here. Because saying that you can save X amount of money by switching to this is not the same thing as saying you're being forced to pay X amount extra, because that's what I'm getting from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I just, I think it's a little too, uh, a little too big of a leap to say like, well, if suddenly all that energy came from renewables, we'd be paying less. And because we haven't immediately gone to that, it's like their fault and and they're forcing us to pay this because like there are wind and solar projects like underway, they take sometimes multiple years to get regulatory approval, which is not at all the developer's you know fault. Lots of times they've got the plan in the hopper and it just takes a while, not to mention getting purchasing land and getting community support. So I just think it's a little simplistic to say like, if this was all switched over to renewable, we'd be paying less. Well, great. And I, I hope that we're working toward that. Mid-American says they're working toward that. But I just, um, I, yeah, I don't think, in, I wouldn't go for an A here. I would probably go for, I don't know, less. I, I don't would, know. I would support a B because they do have the figures here. I mean, they didn't make this up out of thin air, but I have an issue with the phrasing. Yeah. I mean, my question was, are they factoring in the time it takes to just invest in this renewable energy infrastructure in calculating that? Or are they just stating like, you know, if we had the infrastructure today, it would save us this much, which, you know, that's not practically speaking, like how that can work. It, yeah. To Aaron's point, it's going to take time to get that infrastructure in place. I guess they do say that retiring their existing coal plants in Iowa over the next 10 years and replacing those energy sources with wind and solar I mean, I don't understand even how they act or acting like that is they're being forced to pay that because that's what MidAmerican's working toward is replacing that coal. So like, I don't, I don't know. I don't get this claim at all. I, I don't know. I think it's much more misleading than even a B would imply. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it certainly takes on strong language, right? Just like, oh, Iowans are forced to pay for Warren Buffett's bills, you know, kind of thing. It's just like, that's not really what's at stake here, I guess. Um, and yeah, to, you know, that's kind of been circling in my head this whole time, too, as I've been working on this, just like, it's not as easy as a switch flipping to kind of switch over to wind and solar energy, like you said. I mean, we need to kind of build up the infrastructure before that can be a reliable source. And then there's also the characterization of Warren Buffett making more money. They're like, it's playing into a certain trope here. Yeah. And I, you know, to an extent, I expect that, but um, I don't know where I was going with that. I just don't care for it. Yeah. So do you like, do we think that this would be like a half true statement? I mean, just because they do have sort of the data to show that 1.2 billion, but I mean, we can dock them just for the force to pay kind of mentality or that falsehood that they're taking on or. I would say at least a C. I wouldn't go lower than a C. I could, I could go with a B just looking at that force to pay. If I'm looking at like, is this claim half true? Um, I don't know. Okay. Now I'm just like second guessing myself. (laughs) Would it? change anything if we were to give more weight to the Warren Buffett part of it? I mean, I'm not sure, you know, his personal history of investing in renewable energy sources and kind of where he, you know, like, has he kind of been a personal barrier to, um, you know, a transition to cleaner energy sources? I I think that that is kind of a... Um, I mean, I don't know that we can verify at all whether these profits, whether, you know, how much of Mid-American's profits are going into Warren Buffett's, you know, pocket or whatever. I I feel like it's just kind of, as Elijah mentioned, intended to make people be like, oh, the rich getting richer, you know, that kind of idea. Um, I don't know. I'm not even. I mean, at a certain point, you have to recognize what is rhetoric and we can't necessarily evaluate rhetoric with a zero to 100 score i I think we just we have to cut our losses and like i don't think that should be part of the consideration but marissa what do you think oh no i mean i for all the reasons we discussed i don't see it more as half true than like mostly true just because i don't know if enough of those i don't know if it was thoroughly considered that it just takes time to get these renewable energy energy sources transitioned and you know so i don't see it as like a direct comparison to oh if we had this already we'd be saving the ratepayers 1.2 billion yeah if they had said that i would be a i would say a yeah. all the way you know, if we had this already, it would save ratepayers 1.2 billion. But right, they didn't right. consult me. <laughs> they should have hired you, Aaron. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a C doesn't really work in this claim because it's like only one thing. Like, how can it be like half true? Like, I feel like we either have to go. Do we think it's more true than false or less true than false? Less true, less more false than true if we don't want to do a c i would do a b i'm i just am not comfortable giving that a d i'm okay with a b yeah okay sounds like the consensus is for a b then so then 
taking a look. Oh, we need to circle back to that first one. So knowing what we know, discussing what we've discussed, does that warrant a B or I think the other option was a C if I remember correctly. I still stick to a C on this one. I'd probably go for a B, but I, I'd be comfortable with a C. Well, Marissa. Why well, just trying to persuade? <laughs> no miming. <laughs> yeah, because of Elijah's persuasive miming, I'm going to have to go for a C. For those um, listening at home, I just did the YMCA thing. Just throw her over the edge there. It was a very persuasive rendition of YMCA, if I must say. Not to me, but I support <laughs> I support that vote. You know what? I, I think it needs an A now. I changed my mind. <laughs> All right. Very cool. So with that, uh, that brings us to a C, a D, and a B, which I believe brings us to a C overall, if I'm doing my math correctly. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, if we're comfortable with that, then I think that's kind of where this stands at. This was. Um, this one was a little bit interesting discussion, I thought. I thought it would be pretty straightforward, but it turned out a lot of kind of subjective things and how do we judge subjective things. So this was a good conversation. Instead of doing like the ink blots at the psychiatrist's office and saying, what do you see? We just like look at statements on a piece of paper. What do you see? <laughs> right. Dig deeper beyond face value. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it looks like we've got something for next week. Erin, do you want to tell us what you're going to be working on? Sure. Um, This is a claim that's come from several different sources, but the first one I saw was from the DCCC, I think it's the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, if I have that right. They had noted that Ashley Hinson, they say Ashley Hinson voted against capping insulin prices. And I think I've seen also that Randy Feenstra, these are both U.S. representatives, also voted against capping insulin prices. So I will be looking into that for next week. Awesome. That'll be a great one to look into. And until next time, I think this is the end of our Fact Checker podcast for today. Our fact checks are edited by Craig Jamulis. Our Fact Checker podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert. And our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. Uh, I'm Michaela Ram. I'm Elijah Decius. I'm Marissa Payne. And I'm Erin Jordan. And we will fact check you later.
Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.